Praise the Lord. Before we get started this evening, I would like to, uh, once again, on behalf of my family and myself, I want to thank each one of you who called us and texted us and sent us cards and brought us food and water and Gatorade, brought us meals to our house, come and mowed our yard, brought us medicine when we needed it, and all that you did for us. We will never forget your kindness. May God richly bless each of you for all that was done for us. And I also want to say uh, just how much I appreciate my son-in-law, Mark McNulty, uh, for being such a help to us when we were so sick. Mark and Allie were in the midst of changing apartments, and so they actually had stayed with us for a few days when we got sick. And Allie got sick, and Jessica, and Cheryl, and myself, and Mark, uh, he just took care of us and stayed right there in the home with, with four people who had tested uh, positive uh, for the COVID virus. And he, he, he got thermometers for us. He got up in the middle of the night and checked on us. And he cooked our meals. And I have to say, it's some of the best food I have ever ate in my life. Of course, the virus did take my sense of taste and smell. So, <laughs> my, no, I'm just kidding, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but he worked and stayed with us until he got it himself. And uh, but now we're all over it now. And so we just uh, we just want to thank everybody for all that was done for us. If you have your Bibles this evening, turn with us to the book of Exodus. We want to read from Exodus chapter three, uh, verse eleven. We greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus, and we count it such an honor to be able to stand here in this pulpit once again. There was a couple of times I wondered if we would ever be able to, but yet God, rich in His mercy, has allowed us to stand here once again, and we're grateful for that. We want to read this evening from Exodus chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, and may the Lord richly bless you be our prayer. And the Bible says this, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And God said to Moses, and he said, certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Notice what he said, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Now the meaning of the word shall, it means it's a future event expected to happen. It's not, I hope it'll happen, or perhaps it'll happen, and we're going to try this and see if it works. He didn't say that. He said, when you come out of Egypt, you shall worship me upon this mountain. Amen. Let us bow our heads. I I want to uh, preach this evening for a few minutes on standing on the promise. Standing on the promise. Heavenly Father... Lord, we're just so grateful in our hearts this evening to know, Lord, that we don't serve a dead God or a God of our imagination or a God made out of wood. But, Lord, there's such thanksgiving in our hearts this evening because we serve the living God, the one and only true God, because beside thee, Lord, there is none else. 
And what a privilege it is tonight to lift our hands and our hearts to you and give you praise for you are worthy of it, Lord. And fathers, we bow before you this evening. We ask, dear God, that you'd be mindful of every name that's on our prayer list, Lord. Those that are afflicted and suffering tonight, I pray, oh God, may this be their turning point this evening, Lord. God, may your spirit begin to move and restore for you. Said in your word, I will restore, saith the Lord. Father, bless each one that come tonight, Lord, to be a part of this service. Bless their efforts richly, Lord. Bless Brother Donnie, Sister Carol, Sister Erica, Lord. Just touch their body, we pray, Father. And Lord, may you just take this unworthy vessel this evening, Father, as we surrender it to you, Lord. I'm not ashamed to tell you that we're nervous, Lord. It's been five weeks since we stood in a pulpit, Lord. And Oh, God, but I just give myself to you tonight, Lord. May every thought that was come through my mind today, may it just fade away, Lord. May we just look to you tonight, the author and finisher of our faith, Father. And I ask for your strength, dear God. And Lord, I pray that you just speak to the hearts of your children, Lord. Just one word from you, God, was more than a man could say in a thousand years. So, Lord, take my lips tonight and speak to someone, Lord, that when we are over with this meeting, we can say, did not our hearts burn within us as you walked and talked with us along the way? Thank you, Lord, for all that's been done for us, the little care package that was dropped on the porch this evening. Thank you for that, Father. We just love and appreciate all you've done for us and all that you've given us. For we humbly ask these things in Jesus' name. And the bride says, amen. amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. I hope you don't mind if we, if we read quite a bit tonight. we got some scriptures that we want to look at and not exactly sure how our strength would be. Or, so we just trust that it will be a blessing to you tonight. But we want to speak on standing on the promise of God. And I want to read just a little bit starting over in Exodus 4.1. And just read just a little bit of the word of God tonight because man's word will fail, but we know the word of God will never fail us. Amen. Now the Bible says in Exodus 4.1, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor will they hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is in thy hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. Now, I want you to notice, Moses fled from before the serpent. Perhaps it was because he didn't understand what God was doing. Because you see, a rod turned into a snake is a fearful thing. I would probably scream like a woman myself. A rod turning into a snake is a fearful thing. If you don't understand what God is doing. And many people today are running scared because they don't see the vision. They don't see what God is doing. They don't understand the hour. They don't understand the day. They don't see the time. They don't understand God's program. They forget that God is in control. But I want to tell you tonight, God has never lost control. Everything that is going on, everything that is happening right now is to bring his word to fulfillment. Everything that God does, he does to back up his word. For heavens and earth will pass away, but the word of God will never fail. Amen. Hallelujah. So rest assured tonight, this virus, this unrest did not take God by surprise. 
It's all working out for the good of God's people according to Romans 8, 28. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And verse 4 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thy hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and he called it. And it became a rod in his hand. And God said that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. Moses, this is going to be the evidence that God is with you. Moses, you're going to do this before Pharaoh. You're going to do this before your brethren. And when you do this, they are going to know that I have appeared before thee. Amen. So as the sign appears before them, they will know by this sign, Moses, that I have appeared before thee. Now, Exodus 4.20 says this, And Moses took his wife and his sons and set them upon an ass, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. Now notice, when Moses went before the burning bush, it was his rod. But after he had cast it down, as the Lord commanded him to do, the rod became God's rod. And let me say, as Brother West said on Sunday morning, as long as you hold the battle in your hand, it's your battle. As long as Moses held that rod, it was his rod. But once he gave it to God, it became God's rod. Amen. Brother Brennan says, I feel as long as I've got it all hooked up. I feel that, that he won't put his hand on it. As long as I'm doing it, he won't put his hand on it. I remember a few years ago that Jessica brought a toy to me and wanted me to fix it. And so I was trying to look at it, but she wouldn't let go of it. She was trying to fix it herself while she wanted me to fix it. And finally I said, Jessica, if you want me to fix it, let go. You got to let go. Amen. As long as my hands on it, it's lit, it, it, as, it, it's, as long as I'm doing it, see, he won't put his hand on it as long as I'm doing it. And that's the way it is with anything. As long as you're going to do it. If someone talks about you and you talk back about them, God can't fight your battle. You're fighting it yourself, see. Just let loose and let him do it. Just commit it to him, amen. Amen. The greatest weapon that I know of today, of a Christian today, is a committal to God. When you can't do nothing about it, just commit it to Him. And God, oh I like this right here. When you can't do nothing about it, just commit it to Him and God will take care of it. Don't you believe that? Amen. As long as you hold that problem in your hand, it's just a problem. That fear in your hand, it's your fear. Like the little boy's lunch in his hand, it was just five barley loaves and two fish. And the, brother, the disciples come to the Lord and they say, Lord, the people are hungry. They've been here three days and there's nothing to feed them. Let them go into the villages and buy something or get something to eat. And Jesus said, go among them. And get something to feed them with. So they go among the multitude and they find this little boy who the prophet said was playing hooky 
from school. Huh? He was down by the creek. And they said, what you got in your hand, little boy? He said, it's my lunch. It's just some biscuits, five barley loaves, and two fish. They said, well, <laughs> would you give it to Jesus? The little boy might have said, what does Jesus want with my lunch? <laughs> would you give it to Jesus? Well, what does Jesus want with my lunch? It's just a little boy's lunch. And they said, he wants to feed the multitude. <laughs> he wants to feed the multitude with your lunch. And when the little boy, no matter how cold, no matter how crazy it seemed, when he was willing to give his lunch to Jesus, in his hands, it was just enough for a little boy. But when it got into Jesus' hands, he fed 5,000 with it. Oh, hallelujah. It's the little things that we have. If we'll just let him have it, the little faith that we got, if we'll just let him have it, it will do great things. Amen. Amen. Just give it to him. Just give it to him. Exodus 4.21 says this, And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that, they do all, see that thou do all the wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thy hand. But I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. Exodus 7.8 and the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you. Then shalt thou say unto Aaron, Take thy rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh, and they did as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. You know why? Because God said it would. Amen. Amen. He cast it down. A sign that God said, do this sign, and they will know that I have appeared unto thee. And they cast the rod down, and it become a serpent, just like God said. Verse 11, then Pharaoh called the wise men and the sorcerers and the musicians of Egypt, and they also did in like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down every man his rod, and they became a serpent. Now at the burning bush, when Moses' rod became a serpent, he fled from before it. But here in front of Pharaoh, God said, show this sign before Pharaoh. And here come Pharaoh's musicians. And they threw down their stick. And it also became a serpent. But you see, Moses never saw that coming. He never saw that coming. And all of a sudden, they were doing what he was doing, what he thought that only God could tell him to do it. 
He thought he was going to go into Pharaoh, tell Aaron, thus saith the Lord, tell him, let my people go. I want to show this great sign. My staff is going to become a serpent. But he knew Pharaoh's heart was going to be hardened, but he didn't know how. So he threw down the rod, just like he'd done before. And he became a serpent, just like he'd done before. But when the Magi's did the same thing, when the musicians of Pharaoh did the same thing, I want you to notice, Moses never got excited. He never threw up his hands to quit. Well, I guess the message is wrong. I guess it isn't right. I guess we're just all doomed. I can't find an article about the bridge. I guess the cloud they say was made by a rocket. Moses never moved. Moses stood still. He knew who he was, amen. He knew what his commission was. He knew the message was right. And he was standing on the promise of God's word. The snakes, the tricks, the musicians meant nothing to Moses. He wasn't looking at that, but he was looking to the God who gave the promise. And he was standing on what God told him to stand on. And he watched as Aaron's rod ate up the rods. Standing on God's promise, they picked up the rod and took the musician's snakes with them. Oh, don't let the serpents rattle you. When things don't go the way you think they should, just stand still and watch God fulfill his word. Stand on the promise of the word. And God said, I'll be with you. God said, I've come down to deliver my people. God said, when you leave Egypt, you shall come to this mountain and ye shall worship me upon this mountain. God said, let every man's word be a lie and let my word be true. Anything contrary to what I tell you is a lie. Any sign, any symptom, anything contrary to my word is a lie. I am come down. I will bring my children out of Egypt. How they shall worship me upon this mountain. Don't move. Just stand still on the promised word. And he hardened Pharaoh's heart that he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. You see, God knew what was going to happen. God knew the details. God just gave Moses the outcome. Ye shall worship me on this mountain. That's what Moses knew. This shall be a sign. That's what Moses, the rest of the details, he didn't know. He knew Pharaoh's heart would be hardened, but he didn't know how. But God knew the details, amen. And I say tonight, I don't know all the details. I don't have to know all the details. I just know the outcome, amen. Well, I look in the back of the book, no matter how bad it looks, no matter what's happening, and according to the back of the book, we win. We win. I may not know every detail. God may never let me know every detail. But he has let me know the outcome. Oh, glory to God. We win. We're raptured. We come back to our rightful position as sons and daughters of God. Now here, notice now here came Israel rejoicing in their deliverance that God 
had given them signs and wonders, plagues and all the things that happened down in Egypt, the darkness and the death angel. And now here they come marching out of Egypt, shouting the victory, headed towards the mountain of God to worship him. We're in an exodus. We're God's people. He showed us just how great he is. We're unstoppable. We're undefeatable. And while they were worshiping God on the mountaintop, as we say, oh my, as they were shouting the victory on the mountaintop, they came upon the Red Sea. Oh, friends, tonight, God help us to understand. We shout the victory. On the mountaintop. But it's in the valley. That's where the victory. Is really won. It's not won on the mountaintop. That's where we shout the victory. It's won in the valley. When you're sweating it out. When you're wrestling for your own life. When you're wrestling for the health of your family. When you're wrestling it out. That's where the victory is won. It's on the mountaintop. That we shout the praises. How can we shout the victory over cancer unless someone has it? How can we shout the victory over the corona unless someone has to deal with it? So here they are at the Red Sea, mountain on one side, desert on the other side. Right in their path is the Red Sea. No way out. No way out. And the Bible says in Exodus 14, 10, that when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid. But what happened to the shout? What happened to the victory dance? They saw Egypt. They saw the chariots. They saw the dust of Pharaoh's army. And they got scared. They were so afraid and they cried unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? It's not the word. Is it not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness how soon they forgot the promise of God the first dust storm the first obstacle and all the praise and all the worship and all the hallelujahs and all the signs and wonders and all that they seen went right out the window had God changed his mind about his word What were they doing? They were failing to stand on his word. But God said to them, when you have brought them out of Egypt, you shall worship God upon this mountain. How can you worship God on the mountain and drown in the Red Sea or die by the hand of the Egyptians? You can't do both. Sometimes you come down. You've got to make your choice. It's either what God says or what the doctor says. 
when Jessica was hurt and the doctors was giving us all the bad reports, I told Cheryl, I said, we'll stay with the doctors as long as they stay with what God's word says. But when they leave God's word, we are obligated to stay with his word. Amen. Amen. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall show for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them no more forever. Moses said, Quit running! Quit the negative talk. Stop with the hysteria. Stop with this defeated attitude. Do not get depressed. Just stand still. Stand on the promise of the word. My word has not changed. Let me say, every word that God ever came out of his mouth has never changed from the day he uttered it. It's still just as real, just as powerful. It'll do exactly what God said it'll do, even tonight. He said in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Don't look at Pharaoh. Don't look at the Red Sea. Don't see the storm. See the sun. Don't see defeat. See victory. Don't see defeat. See victory. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles. We shout the victory before we have the battle. Joshua walked around the walls of Jericho. Oh, hallelujah. They marched around the walls of Jericho, shouting the victory before one rock ever came out of the wall. And I say to you tonight, how much can you walk around that wheelchair? How much can you walk around that cancer? How much can you walk around that arthritis? How much can you walk around that devil telling you you don't have the Holy Ghost and you can't make it? How much can you walk around it shouting the victory? Because God said, I am an overcomer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me? Did not I say, oh, thank you. I, I, I got up when, I, when the Lord gave this to me the other night. I just jumped up in the floor. The Lord said unto Moses, Why Christ thou unto me? Did not I say, I will make thee a God to Pharaoh? And Aaron shall be thy prophet. Did not I say, God told Moses, you shall be a God unto Pharaoh, and Aaron shall be thy prophet. Why cry to me, Moses, speak like a God, act like a God, because that's what I made you. Don't you see, my brother, my sister, when Christ came on the earth, what did God make him? More than a man and more than a God. He was a God-man. The Father was with him and in him. And what is the baptism of the Holy Ghost made us in this hour? The bride made in the same image. The bride of Jesus Christ is a new form on the earth. A new race. A new race of people. God-man and God-women that God is dwelling in his people. And we... Our gods 
in our day. That beats Superman and Spider-Man all to pieces. Ye are God's. It's not my flesh. It's not my flesh. It's not me, but it's he that dwelleth in me. It's not me that doeth the works. It's my Father that doeth the works. Cry, Moses. Don't cry like a man. Speak like a God. Don't cry like a man. Speak like a God. Speak my word, Moses. That's because I made you that. Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. The Red Sea is in your way from fulfilling my word. Then speak to the children and tell them, go forward. It will move before you ever get to it. Just speak and go forward. Anything that keeps you from fulfilling God's word that God has commissioned you to fill, you have a right to speak to that and go forward. Well, how's it going to move? I don't know the details. I don't have to know. I don't know how God heals cancer. I don't know how God opens blinded eyes. I don't know how God makes the lame walk. I don't have to know. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to go into a laboratory and try to figure it out. I'm just simply glad that he does it. Before you ever get to the Red Sea, I will move it out of the way. Anything, anything that is in your way of coming to this mountain, as my word has said, will fall before my word. Any barrier, any barrier that tries to hinder you from coming to my mountain, as my word has said, will fall before you. God ought to make a Baptist shout. Anything. Anything that stands in your way of being what God has called for you to be in this hour. You have a right to speak and move it out of the way. For when a son of God by faith takes the word of God into his heart and speaks it back up on his lips. It's just the same as deity speaking. Every mountain has to move. Think about this just for a minute. Have you ever thought about this? Moses coming out of Egypt with two million people. How is he going to keep them well? How is he ever going to keep the COVID out of the camp? Two million people marching together. Have you ever thought about that? How is he going to keep them well? Egypt boasted of their medicine and their medical knowledge. And Moses could have took an array of the medical equipment when he left Egypt. Remember Pharaoh said, just go. Take anything that you want. Did not God say take the spoils of Egypt? Take anything that you want. Just get out of my sight. Just leave us alone. But Moses could have took anything. He could have took any piece of medical equipment. He could have took any herb, any enchantment. Any first aid kit. He didn't even take an Egyptian first aid kit. Think about that. Have you ever thought about that? He left Egypt 
not depending on the medical science of Egypt to keep the people well, but he left Egypt standing on the promise of the word that God made. Pharaoh said, take anything you want. But Moses took nothing of theirs. And Brother Branham called him Dr. Moses. So I don't know whether you believe it or not. He was a doctor. The Bible said he was taught in all the wisdom of Egyptians. Is that right? So they were boasting physicians. Oh my. And so it was Dr. Moses. And I imagine a lot of the medics of Chicago would like to know how Moses kept two million people healthy and strong for 40 years and marched them out of the wilderness without a feeble one among them. My God, what did he have in his medicine bag? What was in his medicine bag that kept two million people healthy for 40 years? Professor, wouldn't that be wonderful? I'd like to have some of those remedies he had, wouldn't you? I wonder how many fig pulses that he used back there. How many herbs? How many penicillin shots did he give? I'll tell you. He didn't give any. million people approximately brought them out of Egypt taking them over to Palestine how many babies would have been born in one night you ever thought about that Dr. Moses had to do the visiting how many people got stomach ache from eating a bunch of wild berries as they were walking just whoosh, next thing you know was, oh, oh God shouldn't have done that about like Mark's cooking I'm just kidding Eat what they could find along the road. How many calls would there have been for Dr. Moses? Have to make every night. Did you ever think of that, he said? How many people over them rocks and things fell and skinned their legs, broke a leg or something like that, broke an arm? How many every day out of two million people? Because they were murmuring and backsliding and everything else, so they got into trouble. And Dr. Moses... Would you like to look at his medicine chest and see what all he had? The Bible gives it. Do you know the Bible gave every speck of medicine Moses had with you? Do you know that? I'll show it to you just in a moment. Now we're going to look over into his medicine chest and see what Moses had. He took nothing from Egypt. So what's in the bag? Let's look at it, he said. Let's open it up. Let's open up the medicine bag. You know what's in it? Here's what's in it. I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. That's every prescription that he had. That's all that he had. No zinc. No vitamin D3. No baby aspirin 81 milligram. All he had. All he had in his bag. What is the scripture in Exodus? I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. Somebody, baby, a baby's going to be God born, Moses. The mother is in trouble. What are we going to do? I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee. And the mother got well. Something would have happened with a man. Put out one eye. Oh God, Moses, look. He's lost his eye. What are we going to do? Look how bad it's bleeding. I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee. Let's go. When a man fell and broke his leg, I'm the Lord God that healeth thee. If one of the children had pneumonia, 
I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee. Dr. Moses, what's on the menu tonight? What's on the way tonight? What's the charter tonight? We've got a sick baby down here. Moses said, I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee. And they said, thank you, Dr. Moses. We'll go use it. I wonder sometimes if we don't get weary and we don't struggle some because we don't use the prescription. There's a sick baby, Moses. What are we going to do? The baby, the fever. It's burning up, Moses. What are we going to do? I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee. Okay. Okay, that's what we'll use. And they go down there and say, I'm the Lord thy God that healeth this baby. We believe you, Lord. And the next morning, the baby was playing out in the yard. That's it. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. The only prescription that Moses had. And he brought two million through the wilderness. Forty years. And there wasn't a feeble or a crippled or a blind that come out of the wilderness with them. Hallelujah, he said. Why? Moses and the children were standing on the promise of God's word. The answer to our sickness. The answer to our nerves. The answer to our depression. The answer to our anxiety. I'm the Lord, thy God, that healeth thee. Standing on the promise of God's unfailing word. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad, Brother Don. When the fever was so high, shaking so uncontrollable, that I had a God. I had a God that I could call to. I say, God, live or die, Lord. I don't know whether I'm going to live. I don't know whether I'm going to die. I'm telling you, there's a fear that goes with that. When those things begin to happen, when you go to take a breath and it's not there and your lungs are so tight and you feel like you can't get air in and you don't want to scare your wife and you don't want to scare your family and you're sitting there fighting that battle in your mind. God, I don't know whether I'm going to live or die, but I put my life in your hands. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I am the Lord, my God, that healeth thee. You are my healer. Standing on the promise of God's unfailing word. I think of Shamgard. Six Hundred Philistines against one man. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about just Philistines. I'm not talking about kitchen boys, yard workers. I'm talking about rangers. Special forces guys. The elite of the elite of the Philistines. The best that they had. Six hundred well-skilled, well-trained, well-dressed, well-capable. Coming against one man and him a farmer. Better run. Better hide. Oh, Sam God, it's better to surrender. It's better to surrender and be a slave than to be dead. Sam God, he stood still. This is my land that my God gave me as an inheritance. I am the seed of Abraham. And God told my father Abraham, 
God was a friend of my father Abraham and he told my father thy seed shall possess the gates of their enemies this is my land this is my promise this is my inheritance I am standing upon the promise of God's word and he reached around couldn't find nothing. He didn't have a sword. He didn't know kung fu. He didn't know karate. He just reached up and grabbed an ox coat, jumped out the window, right in the middle of 600 Philistines. I imagine for a second, they were just plumb shocked. Are you serious? Just like, is he serious? And then, you know, it just almost got comical. And they looked. And all he had, an ox coat, a piece of wood with a brass knob on the end, about 18 inches long. That's all he had. And he was standing out there. And what am I said? Is that thing loaded? <laughs> is that even loaded? What is that? I've seen a sword. I've seen arrows. I've seen, never seen. What is that, Shepard? What in the world is in your hand? It wasn't Shamgard, nor what he had in his hand. It was the promise of God that he was standing on. And all heaven was filled. Hallelujah. All heaven was fixing to back up God's word. Shamgard, he never moved. He just took that ox go, just pulled it back like that. And when he did, I thought, he's going to try to fight. Are you serious? Are you serious? You're actually going to try. You're killing us. You're killing us. He's fixing to. He's fixing to. He brought that thing back. And when it started to go forward, the power of God hit Shamgard. Faith muscles begin to pop out. He begin to swing that thing. He begin to sing, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. And about the time he slew a hundred, he began to believe what he was singing. And the more he sang, the harder he swung. And when he got done singing and he got done swinging, <laughs> there were 600 Philistines laying dead. And the only one standing was the one who was standing on the promise of God's word. I tell you, there's going to be a lot fall in Laodicea. There's going to be a lot fall. There's a lot of atomic fodder in Laodicea. But I tell you, the ones who will be standing, it's the ones who are standing upon the promise. Oh, hallelujah. It's the ones who are standing upon the promise of God's word. Amen. Amen. 600 Philistines. His wife said, my God, Shamgar, what are you going to do? He said, the only thing I can hope is this anointing stays on me enough to bury him. We have some good fertilizer this year. Because he stood on the promise of God's word. You know, it reminds me. I was down in New Mexico preaching down there. And the brother was telling me that he had broke out in shingles on his face. And he got up on a Sunday morning to go to church. The shingles were all broke out and they were blisters. Big old blisters. Anybody's ever had shingles, you know how they blister out like that. And he said, I looked in the mirror and I saw those blisters from those shingles. 
And I began to cry because I realized I couldn't go to church because I was contagious. I could give it to someone or however that works. You know, you can't really give the shingles, but if you're around somebody that's never had it, they can get chicken box or something like that. But anyway, you're supposed to stay away. When you got the blisters, you're supposed to stay home. So he said, I, I can't go to church. And he said, Lord, I want to go to church. And they tell me I can't go because of these blisters. But it's my post of duty. It's where I belong. Take these shingles from me, Lord, so I can gather in the house of God with the believers. Lord, take these shingles from me so I can go to church. And he said, Brother Darrell, God is my witness. He said, I've stood and looked in the mirror and watched those shingles dry up, scab over, and fall off in the sink. And he said, I washed my face and I put on my clothes and I went to church. Because he stood upon the promise of God's word. It's my post of duty. It's where I belong. And these shingles are keeping me from it. Remove the Red Sea. Remove the obstacle, Lord. That keeps me from the house of God. Oh. In the floor the other night, I cried up to God and said, Oh God, I want to go to church so bad. I want to go back to the house of God. Bible says in Hebrews 10 29 not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another is so much as more so as you see the day approaching not less more as the Lord told Moses bring my people to this mountain that they more should me than anything that stood in the way of Moses fulfilling that word God said speak it and go forth the Bible said we should assemble ourselves together then I believe that anything that stops us that stands in our way of fulfilling the word of God for our day we as the bride of Jesus Christ has the authority given to us as sons and daughters of God to speak the word and remove it we have a right to speak and go forward and break every barrier that Satan tries to use on us. Amen. By standing on the promise of God's word and with the boldness to speak to that cancer, speak to that anxiety, speak to that oppression, speak to that COVID, speak to that mountain and say, be thou removed and cast into the sea. Did not he say, if you don't doubt in your heart, you can have what you ask for. It's time for the sons and daughters of God to arise to our proper position of who we are and tell the enemy, get off my property. I didn't know 2020 was going to be like this. I didn't either. But it don't change God's word. I didn't know there's going to be this pandemic. I didn't know it either. But it don't change God's word. I never thought in my mind that when I first heard of the virus way over in China and Jessica was concerned, I said, Jessica, it's on the other side of the world. I never thought that it would be in my house. But it don't change God's word. 
You're a son of God and you got it. But it don't change God's word. I didn't know it was going to be all this unrest. But it doesn't change God's word. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you love him? Brother Rev said knowing this. That Satan is making his last punch at the church. He will never be able to do it after this age. This is Satan's last punch. He will never be able to do it after this age. She will be safely under the wings of her lover after this time. And we realize that he's impersonating in, in the way of religion. He's doing all kinds of things. And the Bible said he would be like a roaring lion. He is not a lion. But he acts like a roaring lion. Devouring what he would. He'd be so shrewd and cunning. That he would deceive the very elect if it's possible. But oh Lord. Thou art the protection of those who will flee to thy bosom for refuge. And we come, Lord. We come in Jesus' name. Satan's last punch. Th think about it. Like that toy that Brother Joel Brown talked about the other day. That when you hit it, and it goes all the way down to the floor sometimes. But it comes right back up. And Satan has hit us with the great punch. Well, Brother Dowell, it's so great that you have to live stream. That may be true. But guess what? We're on our way back up. Look at it just for a minute as we close. The brothers, if you want to come. Look at it as we close. Look at it just for a minute. Look at the church. We may be apart. It's been forever since we've all been together. We may be apart. That's true. But look, do you not see that we're closer to each other now than we've ever been before? Even though we're further apart, we're actually closer together. We're praying more for each other than we ever have before. When I had those little prayer meetings, I got texts from people saying, please, Brother Darrell, can't we have another one? And so I text Brother Donnie, Brother Donnie, the, the people, the saints, they want to have another one. Can we have Sure, Brother Donnie said, have another one. And hundreds of people praying down in Oklahoma, down in Arkansas, down in Georgia. People said, can we pray too? Even though we're further apart than we've ever been. Yet we're closer together than we've ever been. You know, I traveled so much. And I say it humbly, and by the grace of God, it's only by His grace. But before March this year, I was in five different countries. And I used to go out on Monday, or, uh, you know, or go out on Friday, and come in on Monday, and I would be home Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, go back on Friday, and come back in on Monday, sometimes Tuesday. Sometimes preach somewhere else on Wednesday and not be in church. Sometimes be two weeks, three weeks or so before we actually come back to the church again. And though I come to Happy Valley... Yet I felt like, I, like I didn't fit in somehow because I would hear, I'd say, when did that happen? Because I was gone so much. But since this epidemic, since this pandemic has hit and I've not been able to go out and I've been home. And though I've been home and not been able to be in church, 
Yet I feel closer to Happy Valley than I've ever felt in my life. Because it's gave me the opportunity to, to reach out, to send the text. What are we doing? We're standing on the promise of the word of who we are. We are victorious. Don't get discouraged. Don't lay down. Don't sit down. Don't quit. Stand on the promise of God's word. Like the boy riding the bicycle. You know, that's having that race that's trying to ride on that beam. And they kept falling off because they were looking down at where they were pedaling. But this little boy got on it and he rode it to the finish line and he won. And he said, how did you win? He said, I never looked at my feet. I looked at the finish line. I kept my eye on the finish line. Oh, hallelujah, saints of God tonight. Do not focus on the details. Look to the outcome. The word says we are victorious. The word says we are overcomers. We are his people and the workmanship of his hand. We are unstoppable, undefeatable, unshakable, unmovable. We are the body of Christ on the earth today. Those are the promises of God that we stand on in our hour. This is who we are. The true bride must be unified by the word. Now remember, she's a part of Christ. She has to be the word of Christ. In order to be the word of Christ, you have to be baptized into Christ. And when you're into Christ, you believe and Christ is the word. And the prophet said, amen, amen, amen. The true bride of the last day, will she will listen to the spirit. And in that day of gross darkness, the light will return by pure word. And we will return to the power of Pentecost to welcome back the Lord Jesus Christ. In very plain language the true bride of Christ was in the mind of God eternally though not expressed until each came forth in that designated decreed season each member came forth it became expressed and took its place in the body thus the bride is the literal spoken word seed bride then a spoken word bride will surely speak the word amen hallelujah Hallelujah. Do you love him tonight? Oh, my. Be united with him. They'll be one. They will be the very manifestation of the word of the living God. Denominations cannot produce this through their own seed. They will produce their creeds and their dogmas mixed with the word. They're, they're mongrelizing and brings forth a hybrid product. But remember, when it went down and the grain began to ripen, you find before the grain can ripen, everything in that stalk has to be dead. Hallelujah. Can't you see where we're standing? Life is in the grain again. What is it? Just exactly the same grain that went into the ground. The same Jesus in bride form. The same Jesus in bride form. Same power, same church, same thing, same word. This is what we're standing on. This is who we are. This is what we need to speak because this is what the Word says we are. We need to remind ourselves of what the Word says. I am. You see, I am what God says I am. Brother Branham says this as we close. The great sculpture is counting on you. Isn't that wonderful? The great sculpture is counting on you. Willing to stand. And have yourself shaped into the likeness 
of his requirement that his word requires. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Christ is the identified masterpiece of the word made flesh. And you are asked to identify yourself with him by the same word to be the masterpiece for the bride. These oracles we find to be true that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? This is my stand. This is my stand. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. We shall speak like he spoke. I'm standing on the promises of God's word. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He will fulfill his word as he said in our day. We will be. We are victorious. Anything that stands in my way of becoming this, we have a right to speak it by faith out of the way. In Jesus' name. Do you love him tonight? Do you believe him tonight? And let's bow our heads. Brother, sister at home here, congregation, just a few of us. Thank you for praying for me. Those who sent me texts that were praying. Thank you for that today. I appreciate it. But as we bow our heads just a moment, I want to ask you. There in your living room, wherever you would be listening in the going down the road or wherever overseas I want to ask you tonight what doth hinder you what stands in your way speak and go forward well brother Darrell I, I, I don't know I just I'm just so depressed and it seems like everything's bad news but it doesn't change God's word the Red Sea had them cut off. Pharaoh behind them never changed what God said. God drowned Pharaoh, opened the sea. They went across, headed on towards the mountain, just like he said. And though we may be in a great storm, the captain of the boat is in this ship and we will crest every wave. You see, as long as you hang on to that problem, it'll be your problem. As long as you hang on to that anxiety, it'll be your anxiety. But why don't you do like that little boy? Why don't you simply just give it to Jesus? Well, Brother Dow, I, I, I don't know. My problem is so little, so is his lunch. But look what he was able to do with it. Stand on the promise of God's word. Take God at his word tonight. Brother Bram said, just give it to him and see what he's able to do with it. Would you do it tonight? That besetting sin, that thing you can't get over, whatever it would be, friends, I don't know, but he knows all things. Just simply give it into his hands tonight. That fear of getting the virus, don't fear it. Respect it, but don't fear it. Don't let that fear grip your heart. Don't let it keep you from coming to the house of God if the doors are open. Speak and go forward. That depression. That ulcer. That arthritis. That thing that's bothered you. Until you feel like you're not even saved. 
Why don't you just give it to him tonight? You see, when Jessica was hurt so bad and there was nothing I could do, I simply gave her to him. Oh, I gave her to him. She was blind. When I gave her to him, she was crippled. When I gave her to the Lord, she was in a coma. She couldn't swallow. That's what I gave to the Lord. A broken child. But when I gave her to him, just look what he was able to do. And if he done that for her, cannot he do that for you tonight? Heavenly Father, Lord, we bow in your presence. Lord, I know it's just a simple thought, Lord. But God, as I looked at it, it gave me courage. And it was my desire, Lord, that by speaking it, someone else could take courage. And Lord, these things tonight, Lord, these things that my brothers and my sisters are dealing with, Lord, the aches and the chills and the fever of this virus. Oh God, tonight I pray that they give it into your hands. By the rising of the sun, may every fever be gone, may every chill be gone, may every body ache be gone. May the weakness go away, may the fatigue go away, for thou art God and nothing will stand in your way, Lord. Father God, may we give you our arthritis, our fear. May we give you, dear God, everything that hinders us, everything that would hinder our walk, everything that would hinder us from coming into the image of the great masterpiece. We simply give it to you tonight. Oh God, take it, Lord. Take it, Lord. And counterpunch Satan and show him thou art God. And nothing can stand before you or your people when you speak, Lord. Father, we give these things tonight. Lord, for Brother Gene there in the hospital, God. Lord, may you not have to go on a ventilator. May the oxygen, Lord, may it decrease and decrease. And the saturation increase and increase. That it can set up, Lord. Oh, God, that he can set up, dear God, and come home and be with Sister Janet. Lord, Brother Eugene Kennedy, God, battling over there in his home. God had such a rough night last night. But I pray in the name of Jesus, by the same anointing that raised my Lord from the grave. May you move upon our brother, God. By the rising of the sun, may he have new strength, Lord, we pray. Others, dear God, others, Lord, who are battling, Father. Sister Erica with this cancer, Lord. Sister Becky with this cancer, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus. May it be such a working of thy hand, O oh God, that the doctors would testify that thou art God. Grant it, Lord. We simply give it into your hands tonight, trusting you, God. Oh, Lord, tonight, this is where we stand, standing upon the promises of God. Grant it tonight, Lord, I pray. Grant it tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Brother Harry, let's sing that standing on the promises of God. I know it's an old song, but amen. Can we sing that tonight? Amen. You boys help me sing down there. Amen. You better sing. You know I can't. 
Amen. Standing Dino on the promises of Christ, my King, through eternal ages, let His praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Oh, yes, I'm standing, standing.
promises of God. Amen. There's power in the name of Jesus. Let's sing that chorus. know what key it is. Let's sing that just a little bit tonight. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. song tonight. He's an on-time God. Amen. Certainly appreciate the sermon tonight. Amen, Brother Darrell. He just always does a fantastic job. I, I several years ago noticed 
Um, every time he preached, he would never preach a sermon without mentioning Jessica. At least some, some small portion, he may dwell on it for 10, 15 minutes. He may just say it and move on. But I know the Lord gave him that miracle, and he, he has testified around this world many, many times, many, probably thousands and thousands of sermons that he's preached and testified to that miracle. And I just thank God for Brother Darrell tonight. He's such, a, such an influence, such a great, great man of honor to have among us. Amen. Let's sing that song. He's an on-time God as we close the service this evening. Oh, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Oh, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Oh, Job said he may not come when you want him to, but he'll be there.